who has benefited from the cross? Who has benefited from the Father's plan for uh, the Son uh, to come as the only begotten uh, incarnate, God, God the Son, uh, and, and go to the cross? Um, who, has, who has benefited from that? We, we certainly have benefited from that, right? We are, uh, we are um, wonderfully, we are beneficiaries um, of the cross. Have, have you benefited uh, from the cross? Are, are you a saved person tonight? You, you've clearly benefited from the cross. Uh, the cross has made our forgiveness possible. Uh, the cross has made our redemption possible. Uh, the cross has made our salvation possible. The cross has made uh, the, the certain hope of not spending a moment in hell and the, uh, the, the certain hope of, of uh, when the time comes, uh, the moment at which we become absent from the body will be present with the Lord. So we don't fear death, amen? Uh, we, don't, we don't fear the grave. We, we know that uh, whether the rapture comes before we die or after we die, we're going to be resurrected, uh, and we're going to know all, all of the hopes uh, of Scripture. So praise God. We, we obviously understand that, that we are... Uh, beneficiaries of the cross, and and everyone is because whether every, whether um, a single person has been saved or not, the fact remains that the price has been paid for their sins. Right, all they need to do is is receive that payment uh, by grace through faith. Right, but so everybody has benefited uh, from the cross. Now, what I want to um, what I want us to see tonight is. Um, what I believe the Lord reveals uh, here in his word. By the way, if you're preaching or teaching the word of God, you, you do well to stay focused on what the Lord seems to be revealing in his words, right? Brother, you don't want to stray too far from that, right? Um, and I don't know if you've, if you've seen these verses exactly the way I've seen them, uh, the way we'll, we'll view them tonight. But uh, I believe that it's, it's very clear tonight that we can see that in addition to the obvious benefit that, that we have received from the cross, that both God the Father and God the Son have also benefited uh, from the cross. Have, have you thought about that? God the Father and God the Son have also benefited from the cross. Um, and uh, it's just wonderful that we can see that um, and understand that as well. Uh, so what, what I want you to do here is um, let's, let's look at, um, we'll pick it up tonight here. Uh, in verse 11. I believe it's, it's so we'll title the message tonight, Benefits of the Cross. I believe it's very clear that the Lord, uh, through Isaiah, is prophesying that both the Father uh, as the Son, as, as well as God's people, uh, benefit from the cross. Uh, I'm going to pray once more and we'll, we'll jump right in here. Let's pray, please. Father, thank you uh, tonight for your words. Uh, thank you for this amazing prophecy uh, of the cross. Lord, of course, we understand tonight that uh, perhaps while we are the primary beneficiaries of the cross, Lord, um, there's a very real sense, according to your words, that uh, you have benefited as well. Father, you've benefited. Lord Jesus, you've benefited uh, be, be for your faithfulness to the cross also. And uh, Lord, I, I just count it a privilege tonight to be able to see these things, to understand uh, the fullness of, of the meaning and, and, and your purposes uh, of the cross. Lord, help us to see these things and uh, to understand uh, and to be encouraged here uh, tonight as well. Father, of course, uh, we understand that um, all of this points to you. 
uh, all of your purposes. It, it, it glorifies and, and brings honor to, uh, to our Lord, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me. Uh, I need that now. Pray that you, um, you be with us as we spend just several minutes here uh, in these verses. Help us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, verse 11 says this, He uh, shall see the travail of his soul uh, and, and shall be satisfied. I'll go back to verse 10. I guess we have to do that where we left off this morning. Verse 10 says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, pleased the Father, uh, that the Son would be bruised uh, upon the cross, uh, leading up to the cross and upon the cross. He uh, hath put him to grief. Now, again, we understand that the cross is the plan of God the Father, uh, and, and he understood all that would be accomplished by the cross. And so in that sense, it pleased the Lord, uh, here the Father, most likely, specifically, to bruise him the Son. He, the Father, had put him the Son uh, to grief, all of the grief that he experienced uh, upon the cross. When thou shalt make his soul uh, an offering for sin. That's the, the greatest purpose, the Christ being an offering for uh, our sin. He shall uh, see his seed. We said this morning that Jesus, does, of course, does not have physical descendants, despite that book, Rich, that you reminded us of this morning. That was a, a theory and a fiction and, and only fiction. Jesus has no physical descendants, but uh, certainly, in a sense, spiritual seed, those that have been uh, redeemed uh, and forgiven and adopted into the family of God because of what that being made possible uh, by the Son of God uh, upon the cross. Uh, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong uh, his days. And we, we looked at that verse this morning said this almost certainly uh, a reference or an allusion to uh, the resurrection or, or at least that which the resurrection made possible. Uh, the living again of Christ following his death upon the cross, the fact that he continues to live uh, made possible by his resurrection. So Isaiah prophesies uh, all, all of these various aspects of the, of the cross, Christ's suffering and uh, how he uh, responded to that so humbly, not fighting against the plan of the Father. Uh, we've seen uh, his suffering prophesied. We've seen his death prophesied. We've seen his burial prophesied. Uh, we've seen his at least an allusion to his resurrection uh, being prophesied. The end of verse 10 says, and the pleasure of the Lord shall uh, prosper in his hand. So verse 10 is uh, obviously dealing with the Father's plan for the Son to be used uh, for this purpose. Yet it pleased the Lord, here the Father, to bruise uh, him the Son. Lord, help us, please, to be thankful, uh, to be thankful. So uh, it's the Father regarding the Son. And so with that context, we, we come into verse 11 and we read, He uh, shall see the travail of his soul uh, and shall be satisfied. Who is it that needed to be satisfied? Uh, who is it that had such a great wrath at sin uh, that needed to be satisfied in order that we could be saved, in order that we could be redeemed, bought back from the penalty of sin, released from the consequence uh, of sin? Who is it uh, that, that had to be satisfied? Well, it's, it, it's, it's, God, it's the Lord, uh, but, but specifically God the Father. Uh, he, God the Father, shall see the travail uh, of his soul, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and of course, um, as, as Christ was hanging there upon the cross, 
bearing the sins of every person uh, of every time, every sin of every person, uh, whoever had lived or, or will live, uh, as, as Christ bore the sin and paid the price of the sin for every person, God the Father was satisfied. Uh, what about, what, what specifically was satisfied? Uh, well, I believe it would be his wrath. He has, that, that's one of his attributes, right? He's holy, uh, and probably we could say holy, and, and therefore he has a wrath at sin. His holiness, his sinlessness, his separation from sin, uh, and his wrath at sin, really two sides of the same coin, uh, they, they fit together. All of God's attributes always uh, fit together uh, and, and function together uh, with the perfect unity. There's, there's that word from this morning, unity. Uh, he, the Father, shall so see the travail. Isaiah is prophesying that Father would see the Son upon the cross bearing sin and paying the price of sin, uh, and his wrath would be uh, satisfied. Do you know Romans um, chapter 3 and, and, and verse 25? Uh, would you go there real fast, please? Uh, I'm going to ask you to flip around a little bit tonight. Hope, hope, should we vote on that? Don't think we need to. Ask you to flip around just a little bit tonight. Go to, go to Romans. Uh, you know Romans 3.23, right? What does that verse say? For all have sinned and sure the glory of God. Yeah, amen. Um, get down to Romans uh, 3.25. Um, speaking of Christ, uh, speaking of Christ, and, and the Bible says this, whom God, remember in the New Testament word God, uh, almost always clearly refers specifically to God the Father. Sometimes Christ is being called God, and we can discern that. But generally speaking, uh, the word God in the New Testament refers specifically to God the Father. Uh, so, so regarding Christ, um, whom, whom God set forth to be, a, what's the next word? Propitiation, a satisfaction. Uh, a satisfaction by a sacrifice or, or by a payment. Uh, propitiation has the idea of satisfaction. We get a little more technical and, and define it um, in, a, in a fancier way, but frankly, we don't, we don't need to. Uh, it, it, it has the idea of satisfaction, satisfying someone or something uh, with some form of a payment. Uh, so, so, sometimes there's sort of a classic illustration that you'll read sometimes. Um, if, if you get, uh, if, if you're charged with a, 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 a traffic offense, you get a ticket, Marilyn. I don't, Marilyn, hopefully, I don't know that you've got a ticket. Maybe never, I don't know. Uh, I have, pray for me. Not recently, praise God. Uh, you get a ticket, uh, there's a penalty due, right? And so uh, the, the uh, civil authorities are propitiated or satisfied when you pay the fine, right? Uh, you have some, you, you get some benefit from that. We'll, we'll come to that in, in a minute. Uh, God the Father is, is satisfied or propitiated uh, by the sacrifice uh, of God the Son. That's what Isaiah prophesied. He prophesied the Father would look upon the cross and see the travails uh, of his Son and see the blood that's being shed and uh, ultimately leading up to his death and that he would be satisfied with that payment that, that is made upon the cross. And by the time you get to Romans, Paul uh, is reflecting back upon the cross, and certainly he's a man that knew the, the Old Testament extraordinarily well. Uh, and of course, he's writing under inspiration uh, and understanding that God the Father set forth Christ uh, to be a propitiation, a satisfaction 
uh, uh, through uh, faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed uh, through the forbearance uh, of God. Uh, the wrath of God is satisfied by the Son of God upon the cross. I want to ask you, uh, just consider that for a moment. In that sense, has God the Father benefited from the sacrifice of his only begotten Son? His wrath has, has been satisfied. You ever been really angry? You ever been really angry? Uh, you have, right? Maybe um, at sin, and that's a righteous anger, uh, maybe because somebody said something or did something to you and it was more of a prideful thing, maybe. Uh, but, but in any event, if, if you've ever been angry, really angry, I mean fired up, right? Um, you know that when that is resolved, uh, when the discomfort of that anger is resolved, that's a good thing, right? When you're able to calm down and, and no longer be angry, maybe someone apologizes and gets right with you and uh, the Lord just, just helps you to kind of settle down and uh, you, you've been satisfied by an apology perhaps um, or, or some other restitution uh, for an offense um, and, and you calm down. You, you realize that you've benefited uh, by your wrath having been satisfied. Uh, ha having been dealt with. So I think we see pretty clearly here tonight, Isaiah's prophesying that God the Father would benefit in, in that his wrath against sin uh, would be satisfied as he looked upon his son, hanging upon the cross, paying the price due for all sin uh, of all time, uh, he'd be satisfied. Do you agree that God the Father benefits from, from the cross? It's just an interesting thought, right? Maybe you've never thought uh, much about that. Um, would, uh, I'm going to read one verse, ask you to turn as I'm reading another one, but would you turn to Romans 5? You turn to Romans 5, please. Everybody do that, please. Uh, as you're listening, I'll, I'll share quickly uh, 1 John 2.2. 2. Uh, John is writing of Christ and says, uh, and he is the propitiation uh, for our sins. He, he and he alone is the one who died to satisfy the wrath of the Father against our sins. He says, not for ours only, but also for the sins uh, of the whole world. Who did Christ die for, church? Who did he die for? Uh, all of each of us and all of us uh, and everyone. Please don't forget that there's uh, there's a teaching out the, the main tenet of Calvinism. Uh, we're not Calvinists. We, we, yes, we believe in the sovereignty of God, but we reject the idea that God has specifically chosen some to be saved and others not to be. And uh, of course, he had foreknowledge of who would be saved and who wouldn't. Uh, they, they would add typically the idea Christ didn't die for everyone. He only died for those who ultimately would be saved. Um, that's not what John writes in 1 John 2.2. 2. I know I didn't have you go there, but hear it again. Christ, he is the propitiation, the satisfaction for our sins, and not ours only, uh, but also for the sins of the whole world. Anyone and everyone can be saved because of that. Please never lose sight of that. Anyone and everyone can uh, be saved because of that. doesn't mean everyone is saved, uh, you don't, you're not saved uh, from hell until you receive that gift uh, by grace through faith. You need to stir in a little repentance into the mix uh, as well. You're in Romans chapter 5, right? Is that where you are? Romans 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, 
but God commendeth his love. Amen. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. I told Sister Raffi this morning, you're all dressed for Valentine's Day. Praise God. Uh, love, 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 love. Uh, but God commendeth his love toward us. Nobody can say, I'm not loved. You are loved. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, uh, Paul continues, much more than being now justified, made right, read the next three words with me aloud, by his blood. We shall be saved from, what's the next word, the W word? Wrath. There, there it is. Uh, Christ went to the cross and shed his blood, shed his blood, shed his blood to cover our sins, satisfied the wrath of God the Father, propitiated God the Father, saved us from wrath through him. That's propitiation. Uh, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we should be saved by his life. Uh, amen. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received uh, the atonement. There's so much doctrine there. You could spend you know, the next month there, but uh, we get the idea. The Lord's love for us compelled him to send his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shed his blood and, and who died. Uh, God the Father was satisfied. His wrath was propitiated. As, as a result, those who receive the free gift of salvation uh, are reconciled and justified and made right in the eyes of God. The Praise God. Uh, praise God. Brother Ray, what a privilege. We can open our Bible and understand uh, the richness of, of, of these things. Well, that's exactly what Isaiah prophesied. Uh, he shall see the travail of his soul. The father would see the travail of his soul, his body his spirit there upon the cross. And as Christ paid the price for our sins, uh, he would be satisfied. Look at the next part of verse 11 in our passage, please. It says this, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Um, this passage, this Isaiah 52 and 53 passage You've been in Sunday school, you know it's five groupings of three verses, five triplets that prophesy the cross. Um, by, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, uh, for he shall bear uh, their iniquities. By knowledge of Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, by knowledge of the gospel, uh, by knowledge that, hey, his death, burial, and resurrection has made possible our salvation, uh, that's the offer, that's the gift. Free to us, not free to him, obviously, uh, but that, that gift that is free to us, knowledge of that uh, and faith in what is revealed to us by the words of God, uh, by that shall Christ, the righteous servant, justify or make right in the eyes of God many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He's made that right. Uh, he's made that right. Uh, 
that possible for us uh, upon the cross. And of course, it's by knowledge of the gospel today that people uh, can be saved. In you don't have to turn there, but in Philippians three, uh, in verse ten, Paul writes uh, that I may know him. Uh, he, he wrote of, of knowing Christ and the. Um, the, the necessity and the benefit of knowing him. Uh, by knowledge shall my, shall my righteous servant justify many. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable un, unto his death. Knowledge of the gospel, by the way, is, is simple knowledge of the gospel um, enough to save someone? Can someone hear the gospel and have knowledge of it and still be lost. Yeah, sure enough, they can. People hear the gospel all the time uh, and, and choose not to respond with repentance and faith. It makes you shudder, right? Uh, Lord, please give us hearts to share the gospel. And, and please, as we do, convict through the power of your words. Lead people to respond with uh, with, with not just knowledge of the gospel, uh, but, but with repentance and faith uh, in Christ, your righteous servant, your righteous uh, servant. Um, God the Father has benefited from the cross in that his wrath has been satisfied. Now, Brother Art, we benefit from that truth. The fact that his wrath has been satisfied is one of the things that makes our salvation possible, right? His wrath satisfied. I don't have to pay the penalty due for my sin in hell because Christ paid it and the Father has been satisfied. He stamped the bill that was due, paid in full. He's been fully satisfied by the death, uh, by the blood and, and the death of his son. The, the fact of the resurrection makes it, makes it clear. Uh, the Bible makes it clear that God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son are all active in the resurrection of, of Christ. But the fact that the Father uh, was involved in, in resurrecting the Son is uh, a great evidence that what Isaiah prophesied was in fact accomplished. We know the cross was accomplished, but the fact that God the Father was active in, in raising Christ from the dead uh, makes it clear that he was in fact satisfied. Um, what about Christ? Does he benefit from the cross? Does he benefit from the cross? The Father has, and we do, but what about Christ himself? Have you, have you considered that? Have you seen that in scripture? I dare say that you have, but look, look with me at verse 12. Uh, I believe verse 12, Isaiah, writing under inspiration, uh, is clearly prophesying that Christ, the Messiah, who would suffer upon the cross so humbly would ultimately benefit for his obedience to the Father as well. Uh, look at verse 12. Seems to be the Father is speaking. Uh, seems to be the Father is, is speaking, says uh, in verse 12, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil uh, with the strong. Um, that's the language of spoils being taken uh, from a military victory, uh, a victory, and, and being divided amongst the, the conquerors or, or the victors. By the way, did Christ conquer anything upon the cross? What did he conquer upon the cross? 
He conquered sin, the penalty of sin. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He conquered sin. He conquered the power of sin. He conquered the penalty of sin. Uh, amen. Uh, in, in that sense, he, he, he's a victor. Uh, he's a conqueror. Uh, he, he's a great victor and, and a great conqueror. This, this language no doubt alludes to that truth uh, and no doubt alludes to Christ benefiting uh, from having accomplished that, that victory over sin. See it again. See verse 12 again. He says, therefore, uh, I believe it's the Father speaking. I think that's clear. Therefore will I divide with him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil as the spoils of victory uh, with the strong. It's poetic, but uh, seems to be saying poetically that Christ is somehow himself going to benefit. As we've benefited, as the Father's benefited with his uh, wrath having been propitiated, uh, Christ himself is going to benefit. Why? Well, verse 12 continues, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was willing uh, to go to the cross and to pour out his, it's poetry, but boy, it's powerful poetry. He poured out his soul unto death. By the way, his life was not taken from, it, from him. He gave it. It was not taken from him. He offered it. He gave it. He poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. Yeah, we saw that again this morning. Uh, he, he was numbered. He, was, uh, he hung there uh, between uh, those who really were guilty of, of, of some transgression. Uh, and he bare the sin of many. Yeah, he would come and bear the sin of many. Uh, all, in fact. And made intercession uh, for the transgressors. So, uh, I don't think this verse is, is very clear that Isaiah uh, is prophesying that Christ uh, would benefit. There would be some spoils of victory that Christ, that would accrue to Christ because he was obedient to the Father's plan uh, to go to the cross. Would you turn to Philippians chapter 2, please? I know I have you flipping around a little bit tonight, but, but you can find it. It's, it's, it's okay, right? Is there any, if there's no opposition, would you turn to Philippians chapter 2, please? Uh, please, if you would. Uh, one man says, as you're turning there, since Jesus died on the cross and arose again, his name has been magnified from sea to shining sea. Moreover, the day is coming when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. As a conquering king in his return, he will divide the spoil of nations uh, to his people. Yeah, there's spoils for him and there's spoils that he will divide uh, to his people as well. As, as one who has received the spoils of this victory, uh, he, he, will, he, he, will, he, he partakes of them and then distributes them to uh, his people. Uh, absolutely. Philippians 2 and, and verse 5, we'll see several verses here. Are you there? Let this mind be in you, all y'all, right? Brother Mike, you. Uh, which also, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, he is God the Son, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Well, he is equal with the Father. But made himself of no reputation, came as a man, took on upon him the form of a servant, as Isaiah prophesied, and was made in the likeness of men, came as a man. Verse 8, being found in fashion as a man, 
He humbled himself, as Isaiah prophesied, uh, and became obedient unto death, as Isaiah prophesied. Even the death of the cross, as Isaiah prophesied. Now look at verse 9. Tell me, uh, tell me if there's uh, an allusion to benefits for Christ because of his personal obedience to the cross. Uh, verse 8 speaks of his death upon the cross. Verse 9 says, wherefore, or therefore, because... He was willing to come as a man uh, and endure the cross, being obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, or therefore, because of that, was it say, God the Father also hath what? Highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, uh, all things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, in the end, there, right at the end, there's there's benefit to God the Father again, but kind of between the cross and uh, and that final statement, there's a whole bunch of benefit to God the Son, uh, to the Lord. Jesus Christ. All will recognize who he is. He'll be highly exalted. Uh, all, every knee will, has every knee bowed yet? It hasn't. Is it going to? You better believe it. That's what the Bible says. And I believe we can see in scripture where that will happen. Uh, you, absolutely. This verse says, hey, because of his obedience to the cross, uh, he, he is blessed with, with, with this uh, future blessing. Every knee will bow to him. Uh, is, there, is there benefit? Uh, has, has, have benefits accrued to Christ for the cross? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, specifically for him. Have, has, has the Father experienced some benefit from the cross? Absolutely. Uh, he, his uh, sin, uh, sorry, his wrath has been uh, propitiated. Uh, the Son has, has known great, uh, great uh, spoils of victory in his victory over sin. Let's see that idea in one more place. Turn back, please, to Revelation 5. Uh, Revelation 5. Um, I know that the book of Revelation points to uh, a time of great difficulty, a time of great tribulation, uh, but boy, it points to um, wonderful, the wonderful power uh, of Christ. It, it alludes back to uh, the accomplishments of the cross and to benefits not only for us but for Christ as a result of the cross. Here's Revelation 5 uh, and verse 11. John is writing describing a vision that the Lord gives him, a vision. He says, And I beheld, and I heard, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. I think that means a lot. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power. Yeah, worthy, absolutely. He's proved his worthiness. And riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory uh, and blessing. Uh, these uh, wonderful benefits uh, accruing to Christ because he is the lamb that was slain. Verse 13, every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea uh, and all that are in them heard I saying, 
blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Uh, there's a time coming where uh, everything is going to give praise, honor, and glory uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible presents that as a, a blessing to Christ for his obedience uh, to the cross. I don't have any problem with that. I, I, it's, it's a wonderful. Uh, the Lord deserves uh, uh, that blessing and, and, and infinitely more. The Lord Jesus is worthy uh, of all of this praise, all of this honor, all of these riches, verse 12, all of the glory, all, all of the blessings. He's worthy of this and, and infinitely more. Why would we say that? Because he's God the Son who left a perfect heaven and took on the form of a man, suffered all the indignity that's prophesied in Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 and elsewhere. Uh, why? Because of our sin. Did that for us. Did that for the Father as well to propitiate, to satisfy uh, his wrath and his desire as well to have a relationship with us. Marilyn, I understand tonight we, can't have no, we can have no relationship with God the Father without a saving relationship with God the Son. Christ alone has made that possible. The Father's wrath is satisfied. Our sins are covered, atoned for, and we're able to enter into a wonderful relationship with God the Father because of that. God the Father has benefited because of the cross God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, has benefited because of the cross, and certainly we have benefited too. That's where we focus. That's where we focus um, because, well, we just can't really hardly get our eyes off of that, right? We are, uh, we are thankful beneficiaries um, of the cross. I ask you tonight, has your sin and, and God's wrath at your sin, has that been satisfied? Has God's wrath at your individual sins been satisfied? It has been. Have, have your sins been covered? Have, have they been atoned for? Absolutely. Uh, have, as a result of that, have you been personally released from the personal uh, consequences uh, of your personal sins? Have, have you been personally freed from, released from the penalty that you deserve to pay? Church? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd say some benefits have accrued to us. Would you write down some, some references, please? We'll see. I just want to read through a few uh, closing references quickly. Just listen to them, but write down the references. Uh, Psalm 103 and verse 12 uh, I remember at summer camp when I was saved in 1977, uh, hearing this verse preached, Psalm 103 and verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Um, they have been expunged from the books, amen? Uh, you know, the, Bible, the Lord teach our sins have been expiated. They've been expunged. Uh, the, the, the sin, our sin and the consequence of our sin 
has been removed from us, expunged uh, fr from the books. Isaiah 43 and verse 25, write that reference down, please. Isaiah 43 uh, and verse 25, I even, even I, uh, the Lord is speaking here. The Lord is speaking. He says, I, even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. Uh, he's done that for us, but he says, therefore, mine own sake, yeah, God benefits from the cross also for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. The Lord Jesus Christ uh, at the cross accomplished that which, which satisfies, and satisfies and benefits God the Father uh, and the people of God. Write down this reference, please. Uh, just a couple more here. First uh, uh, John 1 and verse 7. First John 1 and verse 7. Get that down, please. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Amen. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Uh, the Father has been satisfied. Our sins have been covered, purged, cleansed, uh, removed from the books. We're no, longer, uh, we're no longer responsible. They've been removed as far as the east is uh, from the west. Now, we're still responsible to obey the Lord, but understand we're no longer held accountable um, in, in the end, for the spiritual consequence um, of sin. Um, would you turn, I've got lots of verses, but not lots of time. Would you turn to Hebrews 9? We'll stop there. Hebrews 9, we'll stop there tonight. Please, if you would. Hebrews' wonderful book, of course, that deals so much with Christ and the accomplishments of the cross. Hebrews 9, verse 26. Hebrews 9, verse 26. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. I could have preached these three points from those two verses tonight. At the cross, the Father has received great benefits. Because of the cross, Lord Jesus Christ has received great benefits. Um, we are the beneficiaries of the great benefits of the cross. Our sins are put away by the sacrifice of Christ, made kings and priests unto God. To him, to the Lord Jesus Christ, be glory and dominion forever and ever. May I ask you this? Has much been accomplished at the cross? Much has been accomplished. Father is satisfied. The Son is glorified as a result. And we're saved. Saved, saved. Let's pray, please. Father, thank you, Lord, so very much for the cross. Lord, we could spend so much time considering all that has been accomplished at the cross, but Lord, um, at this point, it suffice to say thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood that was shed. 
Lord, thank you that the blood of your son satisfied you. Thank you that the blood that was shed makes our forgiveness possible, our relationship with you possible, all of the hopes that we find in scripture possible and certain, secure on our behalf. Lord, thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ is so very worthy of praise, honor, and glory. He is so worthy of that day that will come when every knee will bow to him. The cross reveals that, and certainly um, we do not question that one bit tonight. Father, we uh, thank you tonight for the privilege to reflect back upon the cross uh, as we consider these last two verses, uh, Isaiah 53, 11, and 12, the passage we've been studying. Lord, we thank you tonight for um, the communion table, the uh, Lord's Supper as well, uh, this wonderful uh, picture that you have given us of the cross, the blood that was shed by Christ and his body that was broken for us and for you. Lord, I pray tonight that as you've commanded that uh, before we partake tonight, we would take a moment and examine ourselves. Lord, you've commanded that we examine ourselves and then we eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Lord, you remind tonight that he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning Lord's body. We understand tonight from your word, for this cause many are weak and sickly among us, many, many sleep. And so, Father, I pray tonight we take this very seriously. Lord, you've given this time as a time of commemorating, remembering, and celebrating the cross. But you've also given it as a time uh, to examine ourselves. Lord, in the context of 1 Corinthians, I understand that um, amongst other um, types of examination, you would have us to consider our relationships one with another. Lord, I pray tonight if there's something that is wrong, that you reveal that in our hearts and give us hearts to confess that to you. Lord, there may be some other thing that we're convicted regarding tonight. Lord, search our hearts. Give us hearts to confess that thing to you now and to ask you as we yield to you for grace to put off that disobedience, to put on obedience in its place, knowing that we benefit from that, but that you're pleased in that also. Father, I pray tonight that uh, we do take a moment, ask you to search our hearts, Give us grace to confess anything that needs to be confessed to you tonight. And then, Lord, as we come to this table, I pray that we would reflect upon the cross and all that has been accomplished. Lord, we're grateful tonight. We're grateful. Father, be with us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ask the men to come this time, please.